Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. From the over-the-top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas, Ram Radio, and uh, we're visiting today with Didi Griesbauer, who really killed it out at the UMCA uh, 6-12-24 hour World Championships. Didi, I'm told this was your first ultra race? Uh, yeah. I mean, as, if you don't count Ironman as an ultra race, uh, this would be my first ultra. Yeah, I don't think anybody listening counts Ironman as an ultra race. <laughs> They've never tried one. <laughs> it's pretty ultra. It's it's fairly out there. I, I do get strange looks when I tell people I'm a professional triathlete and they ask, what is that? Um, but that pales in comparison to the looks I got when I told people I was doing the 12-hour time trial world championship. Now, how did you get involved with triathlon in the first place? It was sort of an accident. Um, I sort of tripped into it sideways. I... Grew up as a swimmer. Uh, I swam in college and, and swam, you know, at a fairly high level in college um, and swam a couple of years post-collegiately. Um, when I retired from swimming, I started running mostly to keep up with my eating habits uh, and <laughs> um, ran my Okay, first- I really like you right now. <laughs> Um, I ran my first marathon while I was in business school. Um, some friends of mine were training for the New York Marathon, and uh, they had, right when we got to school, they were starting their long runs, and they were going out and running 12 miles, and I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if I could run 12 miles. Do you mind if I join you? So I went with them every weekend as they were doing their long runs, and finally we got to the eve of the New York Marathon, and they're like, Titi, you really ought to try a marathon. Like, you've done all of the training. Um, so I was at business school in, in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania. And, uh, at the time you could sort of rock up the day before the race and register. So I registered for the Philadelphia marathon and, and ran my first marathon, uh, while in business school. Um, and so I had sort of the running component and then actually backing up the summer before business school, I was trying to impress a fellow and, uh, decided to ride my bike across the country with him trying to be impressive. I literally bought a bike and five days later we flew to Seattle and started heading back to the East Coast. I hadn't owned a bike since my Schwinn in grade school. So it was a bit of a feat. Um, I was fortunate because I was coming off my swimming career and so I had the fitness. Um, he wasn't particularly fit, but he knew a bit more about cycling. Um, it was an epic trip. Unfortunately, uh, the relationship didn't survive and we kind of broke up in Montana, but we did finish the trip. Um, so the summer after business school, I had three months off before I had to start working. I had no money left because I had just paid for business school. Um, and I didn't have much of a travel bug after the bike trip debacle. So I decided, um, I had seen the Ironman on TV, uh, that winter I was supposed to be studying for finals, uh, before the Christmas holidays. 
and I was sort of burnt out and tired of studying. So I turned on the television and I saw the Iron Man on TV. And it was the year that Karen Smyers ran down Paula Newby Frazier in that incredible meltdown year that, that Paula had. And Karen went on to win the race. And I was just, I was fascinated. I was like, I have to try that. So the summer after I finished business school, I had three months and I decided I was going to, I was going to do an Ironman just to see if I could do it. I was going to put together my swimming, the biking I had done, and I had, you know, run my first marathon. So I figured why not give it a try? So I signed up for an Ironman that summer and spent basically three months training as hard as I could and went and did uh, Vineman, which was, you know, not an Ironman branded event at the time, but um, a full Ironman. And, um... It was an adventure. It was sort of a bucket list thing. Okay, so you start running. People say, let's do a marathon. You do it. You buy a bike. Five days later, you ride across the country with someone you break up with in Montana. You see the Iron Man, and three months later, you do one. So I'm suddenly not all that impressed with you going, oh, here's a 12-hour ride. I think I'll do it. Well, the 12-hour ride... That just seems to fit right in with... (laughs) With, 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 why not? Yeah, my sort of my my approach to life. I'll try anything once. <laughs> so, how did you get involved with doing the ultra? Who suggested that? Uh, I blame my coach Julie Dibbins. It is a hundred percent her fault. Um, I struggled with some injuries this year, run related injuries. Nothing massive, but enough that I wasn't able to run consistently through the latter part of the summer. Um, And it certainly put a crimp in my Ironman racing. Uh, We'd pick a race and as I would progress my running, I'd get a niggle and I'd have to slow down the running. Um, So my my triathlon season was was filled with, you know, some frustration in that regard. But through it all, I was able to bike. Um, Julie found the event and sent me a link and left it up to me uh, which distance I wanted to do. Um, she said, you pick it 6, 12, or, you know, 24. I don't think she was very keen on me trying the 24 right out of the gate. And, um, you know, when I looked at it on paper, I thought eh, the 24 seemed, even for me, a little outside of what was sane. Um, okay, and now I am impressed. <laughs> the 6 uh, was, to me, less inspiring because we do so many six-hour rides as a part of Ironman training, and it seemed like going out and just racing an Ironman bike split. So the 12, you know, to quote the three bears, seemed just just about right. <laughs> so how did you prepare for that? And actually, before we get into that, I'm really curious. I mean, you're a pro triathlete, so how was your season? I mean, what's that do to your career? Um, unfortunately, injury is a part of being an athlete. Um, it happens and nobody likes for it to happen to them. Um, but it happens and I've been a pro triathlete for gosh, 11 years now. And so, um, it's just something, excuse me, it's just something you have to deal with. Um, and my attitude hasn't always been this way, but through a series of injuries throughout my career, I've just sort of adopted the attitude that you need to focus on what you can do rather than lament what you can't. So um, I, I tried to focus on the positive. I know that, you know, injuries heal and 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 it's just part of it. So um, it was it was a difficult season and obviously not where you want to be as a professional athlete, but um, 
I just chose to put my eggs in this basket and and do this while I continue to patient return to running. So how did you change your your cycling to um, prepare for the twelve? We we didn't change it all that much. Um, we had some help from a guy named Kelly McGelkey, who's a big uh, ultra mountain bike cyclist. He does a lot of the 24-hour mountain biking. Um, he's a good friend of Julie's and was a great resource to me. And Julie had talked to him a little bit about how to coach me through it. Um, and he said he had done, you know, in preparation for 24-hour mountain bike races, he'd sort of done it both ways. He's done races where he's done a ton of super-duper long rides. And then he's also done races where he hasn't really – done a lot he's just been sort of consistent in his training and and so sort of with that guidance we did a few sort of long rides what i would consider long um i did one eight hour ride i was just gonna ask what do you consider long? yeah well i mean when when a five hour ride is sort of part of your bread and butter almost on a weekly basis um and and we do a handful of probably six hour rides in a year sort of over distance for an ironman athlete um, I'd say in preparation for this, I mean, I'd have to look back at my log, but we did, you know, two or three, six and a half hour rides. I did, I did Wiggins, which took me seven and a half hours solo. Um, and then I did one eight hour day. Um, we did have on the schedule, uh, a 10 hour ride. Uh, but because I had done an eight, a seven and a half and a six and a half all in an eight day period, I was pretty smashed, <laughs> and so we took the 10-hour off the schedule, um, which had me a little concerned because I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen after eight hours come race day. I hadn't really gone to that place both mentally and physically, um, but that was part of the mystery of doing the event, I suppose. So what was your mindset when you started? I know whenever I do a 24, as soon as I get the pedal stroke, it's like, all right, I've only got 23 hours and 59 minutes to go, and that sounds so much easier to do than 24 hours. <laughs> I, I was I was relatively calm because I, I tried to look at it like I looked at my first Ironman. You know, ignorance is bliss, so you don't know what to dread. So to that extent, I, I, I'd never done it before. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew it would be hard, and... You know, based on some advice I had gotten from from Kelly and, and a lot of the experience I had had on my own in Ironman racing, you know there are going to be some dark moments out there. So I had anticipated that. Um, so I, to a certain extent, I was calm because I had that ignorance as bliss. But I do know that race morning, um, I was doing a little warm up on a trainer before the event started. And when I went to get off and, and get my race kit on and, and get ready to go, it was about 15 minutes before the start. I, I was shaking. <laughs> I was shaking like a leaf. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, I can't stop shaking. Um, but at that point, you know, there's nothing more you can do. It's go time. So I was nervous, but it, it, sort of in a, in, a, in a rookie way, I was also sort of, it was refreshing. Nervous more because of the unknown or nervous because you were out there to win? Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, as a competitor, I wanted to win the event. That's what that's what we do. We compete and you compete to win. You don't compete to come in 17th place like it's it's not what a competitor wants to do. Um, so while I had the mindset that, yes, I want to win this, I also had no idea being new to the ultra 
environment, I didn't know who my competitors were. Um, I tried to do some research looking at the start list as to, to who some of these women were, um, but I, I didn't find a whole lot. So, I, And with an event this long, kind of similar to the Ironman, you are racing the other people, but you're also racing yourself. Um, so I think a lot of my nerves were based on the fact that I'd never done it before. Um, and I didn't know because I had only ridden to that point eight hours how's this going to feel come nine hours, 10 hours, you know, is my body going to hold up to it? Um, and how did it, what was it like when you passed the eight hour mark and you're like, okay, now I'm really into the unknown. Um, caffeine was definitely my friend at that point. And, <laughs> um, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised with how well the whole thing went, um, both physically and mentally, I didn't encounter the lows that I had feared going into the event. Um, I felt really good, so I think my training was good. Um, I've been an athlete. I mean, prior to becoming a, a professional triathlete, I was I was a swimmer. Um, so I just have a really big engine, and I think I, I really did think to myself, come ten hours, I'm like, talk about something you don't want to be good at. Like, I think I'm actually good at this, and I'm not sure I want to be. <laughs> Now, what were you eating and drinking? Any stomach issues? I really didn't um, have any stomach issues. I, I uh, The biggest concern, well, one of the big concerns, aside from the fact that I was riding 12 hours, duh, was, was how to manage the nutrition. Um, and the, the best advice I had was to have a plan, but not to be afraid to, to deviate from the plan, have a lot of food options. Um, and again, taking a lesson from Ironman racing, I tell the athletes that I coach, trust your gut. If you come into an aid station and you feel like someone's holding a, a tray of pretzels and the salt is really appealing to you, don't stick to your plan. Stick with what your gut's telling you. And that's really what I did on race day. I think it kind of stressed my husband out. He was my pit crew. And we had a, we had a nutrition script um, based largely on my Ironman nutrition plan. I use Infinite Nutrition, um, which is custom blended, you know, and I had worked with the team over there to modify my blend a little bit for a 12-hour race. Um, but after a certain extent, um, after a certain point in the race, my gut was just telling me I wanted something different. So I would roll in and my, my husband was standing there with bottles like we had scripted and I would yell, no, 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 I want something else. And, and it threw everything into a bit of chaos because he didn't have that prepared. And obviously he wanted to get me in and out as quickly as possible. Um, so it caused him a bit of stress, but I really just went with my gut. And what was your time? Where did you place? Um... Well, it was 12 hours, so my time was basically 12 hours. The way the event works, um, they send you out. There's a big loop, which is 18 miles, um, and you do that loop as many times as you can. And then after 4.30 in the afternoon or thereabouts, they will guide you onto the short loop um, because, as the rules go, only completed loops count. So they don't want to send people out on the 18-mile loop if they don't think they'll make it all the way around. So starting at 4.30, they route you to the to the shorter loop. Um, I was waved onto the shorter loop with about an hour to go um, and finished the race, uh, came through the transition area with about seven minutes left on the clock. And at that point, I wasn't going to make another 4.8-mile loop. So I had seven minutes at the end where I just was standing there, happy to be done. Um, so I rode 258 miles, I think. Is that right? I, 
256, 258. I, I forget now. It was a lot of miles <laughs> um, and finished, you know, seven minutes before the cutoff. And I think I had 12 minutes of uh, pit time throughout the day. So across the 12 That's hours, excellent. Um, I had a I had a running watch on my uh, on my wrist uh, just for total time. And then uh, my bike computer was set to auto pause when I stopped. So I knew exactly how much time I had spent in transition. And it came out to about um, 12 minutes. Yeah. And you were first overall, correct? Yeah, I didn't know that, actually. I had a sense. I was trying to keep an eye on the women, obviously, um, being the group that I was competing in. Um, and, and I had a sense that I, I was in control of that race. I had no idea that I was beating the men. And my husband was reluctant to tell me. Um, I think he was a little concerned because right around the eight-hour mark, I came in, um, rolled through the, the transition, and he's like, you have got to slow down. And I, I, I kind of I listened, and then I, I rolled out, and I was like, well, why is he telling me to slow down? Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I, am I not, you know – was it Julie texting him and saying she's going too fast, she's got to slow down? So the next time, two loops later, when I rolled through, I'm like, is that you telling me that or is that Julie telling me that? And he's like, you're like 70 minutes in front of the next woman. <laughs> and he didn't tell me that I was winning the men's race because I don't think he wanted it to get in my head. And I honestly didn't know until we went to awards that I had won the race overall, including the relays. Well, this is really the year of the woman in ultra with Sarah Cooper winning raw overall and no country for old men overall and Didi winning the 12 hour world championship overall. Well, it's the it's the it is the year of the woman and it's yeah, she rides like a girl and I'm okay with that. Well, it's been great visiting with you. I look forward to more chats in the future. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. The Grease Bauer on Ram Radio from the over the top studios at Scratch Labs in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. 